Hey everyone, welcome to Toxic Podcast. Happy New Year. I am Alejandro Collini. Uh, this is my podcast that I host alone. I wouldn't wish it on anyone else. I consume and process toxic media on this podcast. Toxic media, of course, that is a genre that I invented myself. It's any form of content that, regardless of quality, is genuinely emotionally exhausting or taxing to consume. It could be great. It could be terrible. It just has to really uh, steal away a piece of your soul and keep it in a small jar. <clears throat> Today's episode is, uh, you know, the uh, I, I, listeners know there's a toxic podcast verse. Today's episode isn't going to be another indispensable chunk. Before we begin, as I often do, I must apologize for, you know, big picture everything. And uh, in a smaller sense, I wanted to apologize for the thing I said about the peacock. In last, first of all, sorry about last week's uh, or you know recently the the Yu-Gi-Oh cards New Year's episode. Uh, very much a placeholder episode. Uh, very strange mood, and uh, in keeping with that strange mood, I made a joke when I drew the Peacock card. I was uh, predicting what New Year's resolution each monster card would have, uh, and I said the Peacock has no soul. It doesn't have any desires or resolutions. I then extrapolated: you're not going to find your pets in heaven. They're just meat. I wish I hadn't repeated the whole joke. Frankly, I actually was about to apologize for the joke. I don't like that I said that. Uh, I, I like, I don't want to, I, it's, I'm, oh my God, am I going to do like a 10 minute thing about animals and about how in like 50 years, if society still exists, it's going to be like insane the, the, the way that we treated animals. But I, I just like my feelings towards, towards animals and their treatment. And I know many people who care a great deal about animals and uh, it, it is just, um, my feeling that uh, that joke is a variety of punching down. I know that I, I hope it does not even, I hope it doesn't seem disrespectful to invoke the term punching down in this sense, but I just, uh, I think there are people who would have been maybe a little bit disappointed in me to hear me say something that was so flippant and insensitive about animals. Uh, I don't know, maybe you're sitting there being like, what the fuck are you talking about? But it was something that I felt uncomfortable about and that I didn't like. So I want to apologize for that. Uh, again, apologize for the whole episode on a greater, you know, in a bigger picture. I'm sorry about December. Uh, December. As I said over and over during the month of December, very strange month, not a great time. I think uh, some of that reflected in the episodes. Um, I would love to say that that difficult time is over and that everything is great and that I am excited to bring you uh, episodes of Toxic Podcasts that are in no way marred by uh, external factors in my life. That is a thing that I would love to tell you. Let's talk about the boss baby. Listen to this theme, guys. How many t- They say boss so many times. And the lyrics, every lyric is... Okay, boss baby. Oh my god, I feel like I feel like it's the only thing happening in the world. Ugh. <laughs> the talent stop acting like it's nappy time. I'm sorry, I've listened to this song a few times already. This week we're talking about Boss Baby back in business. How could anyone be anything less than joyous when a song like that exists in the world? That that song, oh my god, we're going to listen to it so many times. <laughs> let's, let's just blaze in my classic immediate entry into the meat of the, of the content. Just, just uh, no frills, no weird shit. <laughs> So Boss Baby is a movie about a nightmare world. Um, it's from 2016. I did a Boss Baby episode. Obviously, I, have, have I said this, that this is a, uh, this current episode is a crucial chunk of the toxic podcast verse. Um, how do I want to get into this? So when you do... Okay. I have to summarize Boss Baby. I have to. I'm sorry. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. It's like summarizing Star Wars. I'm sorry. But just in case, I have to summarize Boss Baby, the most iconic movie of all time, the narrative of which is burned into all of our skulls. Boss Baby, it's these this kid, he's got a very active imagination. He loves his life with his two parents. He's an only child. He's like six or eight or some, something. And then a baby comes. The baby's wearing a suit. 
and immediately the baby is the boss. And at first, it's clear that the boss baby idea is like a metaphor and that the kid's overactive imagination is causing him to believe that the baby is like a boss. Like, you know, he's like, he set up shop in the center of his office and he, he was the boss and it shows his parents like, you know, bringing him things and uh, the metaphor for a baby suddenly taking over the entire like mechanics and rhythms of a household. Then it becomes, it is revealed um, that... Uh, <clears throat> The boss baby is actually a CEO on a special secret mission from a company called Baby Corp. That when babies are born, like before babies are born, they're in this crazy like ethereal cloud world where they're like sorted into regular babies and like CEO babies. And the regular babies get dropped onto Earth and become babies. And the CEO babies have no joy in their lives and they drink a special formula forever so that they stay babies. And they, for their entire existences, they work a job where it's their responsibility to manufacture and control baby love. Like Baby Corp is in the business of protecting baby love as an institution. As we all know, the the major conflict of the Boss Baby film <clears throat> is that a, uh, a Boss Baby who was fired and had to grow up is now embittered and has started Puppy Co., uh, a company that is... Um, taking over the world of baby love, divesting all the babies of their love and giving it to puppies. It's, there's, there's issues in this, there's, well, there's many, there's many issues and it's an incredibly toxic idea. When, when I did the Boss Baby episode, it was an early episode of Toxic Podcast. I remember being somewhat conflicted as to the toxic nature of the podcast, of, of the, of the movie. Um, uh, oh, 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 another thing, I, I, this is a little, a bit of a digression. It's also completely unnecessary to say because you probably know this already, but as a, as a singular, as a solo podcaster, I am constantly speaking and I am, often I go back and correct myself, but sometimes I'm unable to, and sometimes I'll listen back to an episode because Toxic Podcast is my favorite podcast. I uh, can't get enough. Why aren't there episodes posted more frequently? It's almost like that guy is fucking mentally ill. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um... <clears throat> But sometimes I'll say some words that will just be wrong. Like, and I don't mean like in the sense that I often put my foot in my mouth in like terms of serious issues. I just mean like I'll say the wrong word and then I'll move on. I hope that you guys understand that I'm just thinking so fa- I'm just firing on so many cylinders. I have so many cylinders. I the, the amount of horsepower in my brain. Ugh, all right. Um, so Boss Baby, the movie, very toxic. At the very least, it's very toxic for its, its its obsession with animating, like, baby ass and its weird sensuality as a film. That's, I don't even want to get into the scene where they're all squirting milk on the baby's face. We, you know, just listen back to the, to the Boss Baby episode. It's very weird. Um, but the grander toxic... <clears throat> magical realm in which the baby universe exists like it's positively hair raising i'm trying to find a word that's not nightmarish it's positively hair raising that the babies that like this is like a children's property and they're just like oh yeah no and some babies are just like eternal bait like why do they have to be babies it's such a fucking it's such a um shit what's the other Boss Baby, I've, and I've said this about other movies too. It's got the Deuce Bigelow male gigolo problem where they, what was the movie that I just did where they, they're like, oh, the Santa Claus. It's got the Santa Claus, the Deuce Bigelow problem where they're like, excuse me, you know, like, like the, the original book Boss Baby, I think it's a, a children's book and it's just the metaphor about the baby being the boss. And then like he discovers that the baby's a part of his family. Maybe I should read Boss Baby before I assume that, but the extrapolation of the two words boss baby and the idea that it would look really funny if you put a baby in a suit and had Alec Baldwin's voice coming out of him, that idea, it does not a film make. And when you find yourself just sort of blowing out this world, it often creates insanity and and exactly in the same way that we have in the santa claus world where it's just like what he kills santa claus and then like he just leaves his life like babies why do the babies have to be babies why can't they be adults why can't the is it that babies have a special empathy for babies because i'll tell you right now the ceo babies have like overt contempt in many cases for regular babies they like hate regular baby stuff and it's like it's just like you just wanted this to look cute, but also who is this for? Because kids don't like babies. And that's the whole point of the movie Boss Baby. Like, is it a kid's? It's, it's, 
So Boss Baby Back in Business <clears throat> is a Netflix series based on the movie Boss Baby. At the end of Boss Baby, it's pretty well established. And I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I'm not the arbiter of, I, Jesus, okay, I'm not the arbiter of reality for Boss Baby. But at the end of the film Boss Baby, it is sort of implied, more than sort of, that the entire Boss Baby, oh God, it's so difficult. Because it turns out that the story Boss Baby is a story that the guy, Timmy Temple, is it Templeton? Spittleton, yes, Templeton. Um, Because his parents, uh, I'll tell you in a second. So Timmy Templeton is the guy who hates his baby sibling. Oh my God, it's so funny. It's so funny. (laughs) It's the Netflix series. (laughs) There's two seasons of a Netflix series and the baby can't have a name (laughs) because he's got to be the boss baby. So the parents only call him the baby. I don't know what the baby's name is. He's just boss baby. Oh my God. See, this is like... The, the realm, the reality of the movie Boss Baby gives itself a golden parachute in the form of it being a story told by Timmy Templeton to his child. He describes himself as a child with an overactive imagination. Some of the defining, like, sequences of the film involve his overactive imagination, making him believe that he's running from aliens or pirates, um, when, uh, and he, in fact, part of the final, like, climax of the film is that he, like, teaches the Boss Baby how to, like sword fight sort of by like helping the boss baby get in touch with his imagination. I, I, it, I guess I'll have to rewatch boss baby so that I understand what's going on in uh, boss baby back in business or bib bib as fans call it, you know, true fans call it bib bib. I don't want to have to say that whole mouthful. Um, <laughs> but so the, have I, I keep, I keep, I keep accidentally not saying what I mean to say. Because the story is a, is a story that the guy is telling to his daughter, it's kind of implied that the overactive imagination is what supplies all the baby corpse stuff. That the boss baby was never actually wearing a suit and a tie, and he and Timmy Templeton never had to actually fly across the country and defeat the head of Cup Puppy Co. That this is all like an adorable story that he's telling his daughter to help her come to terms with the fact that she herself is about to have a sibling in her life. But then also his brother, like Timmy's brother, who appears only as feet, like the adults in the final sequence appear only as feet. You see the daughter and then like there's Timmy's feet and his brother's feet. But the brother, he walks by and you can see that he's wearing like suit pants and nice shoes. And he goes like, and he uh, tosses up a little like flurry of dollar bills, which is a thing that the boss baby does in the movie. That's very actually come to think of it. I wish he tossed up more flurries of dollar bills in the boss baby TV show. Um, but so what I'm saying is the ambiguity of the final scenes of boss baby kind of diffuse the horrifying baby toil universe of baby co. But then the Netflix series Boss Baby is just because because at the end of Boss Baby, a regular baby shows up. And it's implied that it's this, it's like, it's not implied. It's extremely clear that it's the same baby, but now it's a regular baby. It doesn't speak in Alec Baldwin's voice. It just doesn't, it doesn't have business priorities. It's just a baby. The universe of Boss Baby begins like in Media Res where Timmy and the Boss Baby like just live together. Oh my God. It's so fucking insane. It's so insane. It is so absolutely out of its mind. Timmy and the Boss Baby now live together and he's just like a baby. He has no name and he splits his time. It's like a workplace comedy about a baby with no name in a suit and tie who splits his time between working at Baby Corp and pretending to be a baby. It's extremely unclear why he still lives in the Templeton house or what's going to happen to him because he still drinks his magical baby formula to keep him young. Jesus! I, I, I don't even... 
and tell him stop acting like it's nappy time. I don't know what to do with the reality of Boss Baby, and much like the movie, I don't know who it's for. It, well, it's for kids. It's for kids. It's not for me, but I have been watching. I'll tell you this. I, I may very well watch both seasons of the Boss Baby TV show. It's in. It's really, really well done. I don't. I hate to give you this. This is the reveal of the Boss Baby back in business episode. It's like so fucking well done. There are there is there is a, there is one glaring problem with I, that I have with it, and it is really big and toxic. Um, but other than that, the mechanics of the show, it like, it, it, it almost has a mercenary quality in the extent to which it just accomplishes its goddamn objectives. I'm sorry. I watched the Mission Impossible franchise in the last couple of weeks. I know a lot about objectives and the accomplishment of them, whether or not said objectives are plausible. Whew. Whew. Real bullet dodge there, Kalini. Um, but... So it's okay. It's just, it's just like, if you can get over, if you can get over, which is almost impossible. If you can get over the fact that it's the boss baby TV show, it's a really, it's like a funny, it's very funny. Like it's, and I, to the extent that I like looked up some of the writers and I like tried to find, like some of them are like, uh, writer, like writers of a lot of children's properties. But I think I also saw some like writers of like, weird weirdo comedy stuff i don't know I, i'm this is I, I hate to say it but like this is not you're not i'm not going to be googling anything on this episode i know googling is the the crowd is loves googling they're they're uh it's one of the favorites uh things that i do on this podcast but not today i'm sorry i'm just not up to googling <laughs> so if we're going to talk about the boss i mean I mean, there's a zillion things we need to talk about if we're going to talk about the Boss Baby TV show. But the first thing we need to talk about is this weird, fake Baldwin voice. Um, I, I, I guess, I guess, I guess that TV's Donald Trump is genuinely too much of a honcho to sit in a chair and provide the lines for the Boss Baby TV show. I guess that's too much for him. I guess he's just too big a deal. He's too busy dying in Mission Impossible Fallout. Sorry. But God damn it, that is, that is a, th- th- this vo- voice change, and I guess it's a children's media property, and none of these kids are like, excuse me, where's Alec Baldwin? <laughs> oh my God, uh, uh. That's a new comedy character I'm working on is the seven-year-old whose favorite actor is Alec Baldwin. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Has anyone seen The Hunt for Red October? Very underrated movie. You know, filming in a submarine is a difficult... I actually don't know anything about The Hunt for Red October. Um, but the boss baby voice... I, and this is no disrespect. You know, whoever... a a a. Good on you for getting some work, boss baby. Whoever's voicing that baby, go ahead. You voice the shit out of that baby. But that's not Alec Baldwin's voice. That doesn't sound like a lick like Alec Baldwin. Hang on, hang on. Templeton? No, I can't do it. I I used to be able to almost do it. Everyone knows that I'm a great impressionist. I've got no I've got no uh, no throne to defend. <laughs> um, but so. The boss baby, he's, he's, it is, it is just impossible. Like how long, how long are, and, and it, I guess it doesn't matter because we're all going to be dead. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'll try, I'll try to stop saying that. I'll try to stop saying that. But like how many seasons of boss baby, is it like the Simpsons where it's just like the baby's just a baby, I guess. And I guess I never would have leveled this against the Simpsons, but also I don't, there's just, do yeah yeah no no this is this is a bullshit i i will i i'm a i'm an accountable kalini i'm accountable and and this is a bullshit problem for me to have cartoons exist in stasis all the time it doesn't matter that the baby is going to be a baby in a suit for years and years and years living in this house and it does matter that he doesn't have a name that's insane 
that they're just every scene the parents are just like how's the baby doing oh my lord (laughs) okay so the first episode is the pilot i don't know if boss baby produced a pilot before it was picked up but um the pilot does like it does not introduce the main arc of the uh um series which is going to be a battle against kitties the i I don't know what boss baby season two is like i'll tell you i'll tell you in six months but the okay so at the beginning of this episode um it's always weird to talk about tv on this on this podcast uh the the parents are sitting there at the dinner table with the boss baby and timmy and timmy doesn't want to eat his greens and the boss baby loves greens and the parents leave the room and timmy's like hey will you eat my greens and the boss baby's like first rule of business a baby never does anything for free that he could do for some money if i eat your greens you owe me a favor so it's really like I, and I like I like this, and I think this is good when a TV show when any, I think this is good when anything does this when every single thing that a that a that a character is saying to you is I am who I am this is who I am and I am who I am and every single thing that a show is saying to you is like this is what this show is like this is my deal as a show um, it's which is a weird cuz like arguably everything is doing that everything is telling you what it is but uh let me think let me think what's a good example of something that like isn't really that i've seen recently uh shit i hate these i hate when i do these little these weird pauses <laughs> um just like just like if, if effectiveness of because here's the thing is you could populate a world this is yeah sure this will this will effectively say what i'm trying to say you could populate a world with a baby in a suit who works at a baby corporation and the and he lives in a house with his regular family and it would not achieve the boss babiness of this boss baby tv show um if that makes sense just on its own you're like yeah okay there's the baby he's in the suit but like it's, it's okay. So they do the negotiation over the green beans. And so it does, it's weird. It's, it's weird as a fan of the boss baby verse to suddenly have to retcon all this stuff. You know, it's like looking at Mark Ruffalo and knowing that he's Edward Norton and being like, you know, the first rule is not talking about it. And I mean, this, the second rule obviously is to stop making those jokes, but <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe that I read Fight Club last like month and now I can't stop making jokes about the first rule. Oh my lord. I really <clears throat> Alright. So the main uh action of the episode begins now because I think the uh I think the boss baby theme played after that sort of the uh the negotiation. <laughs> boss baby god damn it i even like the lyrics like i like the lyrics so the fact that he splits his time between baby corp and and home i don't know i mean it's just it's also just like it's written in uh it's it it feels like the people who wrote it know i hate saying this but it feels like it's written by people who are familiar with improv and are familiar with um specifically like there's a type of improv that I think some people might not love that um, overtly, like just, just to drop a couple of names for no reason. Uh, And, and, and I think he's going to be very happy that I put him in this company, but like, so Chris Gethard is someone who I've seen do a lot of this improv. And also my friend, Pat May uh, does a lot of improv of this style. Pat May of course is uh, one of my favorite comedians and friends. He hosts uh, a YouTube series where he and his friend Suleiman Beg uh, play video games and do improv and talk while they're doing it. And it is genuinely one of the most fun things I've seen in a really long time. You guys should all check that out. But um, Chris Gethard and Pat May, I'm sure there are a ton more. I don't see a ton of improv anymore. These are kind of old points of rep. Well, Pat May does improv every weekend. Every week at the Magnet Theater on Wednesdays with uh, his house team, uh, Metal Boy. Wow, I'm really plugging the shit out of Pat May. (laughs) Um, 
But it's this style of improv that is constantly in dialogue with the inherent unbelievability of improv. And like a lot of improvisers kind of don't like that because the point of building a scene is to build a plausible scene. But like, you know, a a lot of it's a very fun thing for an audience to be sitting there. You know, you're you're lending your own sort of um, you're making that leap with a with an improviser that you see all of the world that they're creating. And for an improviser to say like, oh, yeah, no, okay, well, let's let's do this thing. Definitely. There's no one else here at the bank for to see us do this, you know, and we the audience go, ha ha ha. Obviously, if this were a real world, there would be other people at the bank. Thank you for calling out that this is like such a strange thing. Boss Baby, the TV show Boss Baby has that all over. Like Timmy is constantly being like, me and the baby are just in our room for no reason, not doing anything. Definitely will be uh, gone for a couple of hours. Like it's it's no one explains like, why are they changing the baby? Are they changing this baby? Never mind. Never. I don't even want to do that. But so Timmy and the baby go up to Timmy's room or the baby's room. I don't know. Maybe they share a room and the baby, the baby is like, get out the transport choopies. And this is another sort of retcon from the, uh, the boss baby, uh, movie. When they visited baby corp in the movie, the two of them sat together and had almost like a, like a, like a spiritual experience. They each put pacifiers in their mouths and they sucked on the pacifiers and it like brought their spirits. um, Excuse me. Jesus Christ. It brought their spirits to baby corp where they were like walking around like ghosts. Now the transport choopies are like pacifiers that they suck on and they literally physically teleport them to baby corp. Um, so the baby splits his time between working at Baby Corp and being a, ba- a baby, and he's walking down the aisles, and we start uh, having being introduced to the other characters in the Boss Baby universe. There's Mega Fat CEO Baby, who's got a German accent. He's a baby with a German accent, and 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 this is another one of those things that I have spent a lot of time thinking about. And honestly, I just I can only be mad at myself because if a baby wants to have a German accent. That's fine. Like, I was I was going to be like, what did he learn German first? And then he learned English as a second language? And But, like, we're talking about a world where babies drink formula to make them young. I don't know how he has a German accent. Who cares? He's, he's kind of, he's funny. This is where I start writing about how much I like the show. The energy and dialogue of this show is not bad. It's, like, good. There's, like... All the babies won't stop, like, dunking on Timmy. They're all, like, just taking shits all over him. And that is absolutely charming. The conflict of this first episode is that baby love is plummeting in a neighborhood because a bad baby is contaminating the neighborhood. He's causing everyone to hate babies. He's, like, you know, making noise and throwing things and destroying people's property. And every time he gets loose, he creates a situation. And um, he's got to, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. The mega fat CEO baby, like, he's like, his whole deal is like, oh, boss baby, I am going to ruin you. Um, you are going to be fired for your incompetence, boss baby. <coughs> and, um, at the end of this scene, mega fat CEO baby, um, he, he's like, boss baby, you have to fix this bad baby situation. If you don't, I'm going to fire you. And then he, he goes, now I'm going to make eye contact with you and fill my diaper and he looks straight into the boss baby's eyes and he goes, and he shits himself. Jesus. All right. So now we introduce the other babies from the movie, uh, Jimbo, Stacy, and the triplets. The triplets are not in this show very much. I think they kind of hang out more at Baby Corp. I don't know. Maybe they weren't as popular. Like Jim, I guess maybe it's that they're less verbal too. But like Jimbo and Stacy, Jimbo's the kind of giant, like strong man baby. And Stacy is, Stacy's character has been fleshed out in the series relative to the movie that she's like, fucking in uh, like she's like so so intense and she's like uh, um an unstoppable winner to the point of like oh god it's it's really intense um so they go down to the neighborhood where everyone hates the baby the baby's banging on a pot everyone hates the baby immediately the babies hate scooter and timmy and this becomes like the entire mechanic of kind of every episode of the series is timmy like wants to understand the babies are like this baby is a problem this baby's bad for business this baby's bad for our quarterly earnings or whatever and timmy's like well maybe he's just misunderstood maybe he's sad oh and then oh my god this is another thing that i wanted to be really like wary of in this show is 
at one point, Timmy goes, maybe the baby's just misunderstood. And Stacy goes, oh, sorry. Stacy turns to the boss baby and goes, oh, sorry. I didn't know your brother was a liberal. Okay. What? Is the boss baby back in business show a conservative TV show? Because, because... There's also, there's this one joke later on where I, I, I maybe I'll, no, I'll, I'll tell you now. They explain that, like, the reason why adults can't know about the baby verse is that, like, baby scientists once did tests. I cannot believe this. This is insane that I talk about this shit. And that I'm doing this that I'm like, <laughs> that this is like, never mind, never mind, never mind. Happy New Year. Every, happy New Year. Boss baby! Um... <clears throat> They do this experiment where baby scientists explain to adults about Baby Corp. And the boss baby is like, it snapped their brains like elastic waistband. They couldn't do anything except be senators. <laughs> Which, like, I don't know. I think that's a joke that, like, I, I see, it's a very, like, middle of the... It's very... Because, like, what senators are they talking about? And I even, like, looked up... <clears throat> Because the line goes like, and now the great senator from, what is it, New, it might have been New York, but it might have been, because New York's a very loaded state, politically, you know? Oh, oh, shit, hang on. Um, but, but, uh, but what, as I was saying, the, it's, it's, it's just like, I've been trying for so long to, because I I, I, I Googled what state it was, and the state that it is has one Republican senator and one Democratic senator, and but it just... There's just this weird feeling that um, a lot of the jokes directed at the... <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> what a surprise! It's the West Wing theme! Oh, my God! Who could have predicted after that YouTube ad that the West Wing theme would play? <clears throat> Big developments in the 2020 presidential election, I'm sure you're all aware. The, is the government still shut down? I'm sorry, I've been really checked out. Oh, also, I need a job! I need... Listen, I've heard... Well, I mean... I've heard they're looking for a new... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Some wings are east and other wings are west. The west wing. I've heard they're looking for a new president. Um, I could. Uh, that's. A, I'm not going to do a bit where I run for president. My point is, I need a job. If you know of any work, if you know of anyone who's qualified to do this, um, excuse me. Jesus Christ, you guys are you guys are literally heroes. Next time I'll do a next time I'll do a nose candle. What's a? I'm sorry. That's dumb. That's dumb. There's there's a thing called an ear candle where you put a candle in your ear and it cleans out your nose. Uh, a nose candle probably doesn't exist. What was I talking about? The West Wing, the politics of the boss baby, the politics of Bubba Bib. Um, <clears throat> but so, yeah, there's that weird liberal line. And it's also like, I, because sometimes it feels like this show. And I'm sorry that I'm about to say the big scary, the big word. I'm, I'm going to say the, the I'm, I'll say the word. Sometimes it seems like this show is, is is self-aware and cynical about capitalism. Capitalism. Templeton! It's all about capitalism. Um, that's my boss baby, Alec Baldwin impression. Uh, but sometimes it kind of does... I mean, I, I just... I just really... I can't get a read on the politics of this show, and it's the... It, it is the age of wanting to know what the politics of your show are. You know, like, there's... It's all, it's all, it's all interconnected now, but like the, the nature, the nature of viewing, I don't, again, I, I said this in a, in a couple episodes ago, it's like, maybe it's not changing for everyone, but like, at least for me and, uh, a, a lot of people quote, like me, I, I have, uh, experienced everyone sort of talking about how like viewing is different now. And, um, one of those things is that now, even if a show isn't necessarily like, um, aggressively uh anti your belief system you do worry you want to make sure that everyone's like on the level i don't know maybe that's just me uh, like uh, i i just feel like everything uh, 
I, um, this is a, this is a half thought. This is a half thought. This is dumb of me. It almost, I, I literally, here's what I was, I was literally about to say. It feels like everything is so polarized, which is insane. Is there some way that I can say that, that, that means what I'm trying to say? Oh, just the stakes, just that the stakes are so high, just this, the stakes are so high right now that it feels even in these smaller ways, like you don't want to support people who aren't on your, who aren't on your side. And what's worrisome about that is that it does create this, like everyone sort of shoring up and creating more divisions rather than being able to have less divisions and whatever. I mean, obviously I don't, I have no idea what I'm talking about with that. And we all need to come. Come together if we are going to send Joe Biden to the White House. But <clears throat> I just don't I just don't want this to be a show where they're taking pot shots at liberals. I don't whatever. And also fuck liberals. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. In the in the grand in the world of media, liberals means everything left of fucking fascism, you know. Um <clears throat> so uh they meet with Scooter. They have and so the babies have this meeting with Scooter where they're like, What can we give you, Scooter? Everyone has a price, you know. And Stacy's like, This baby's a total loss. We should issue a factory recall and bring him back to Baby Corp for recycling. Cycling. Okay, so anyone, if anyone's been like, because because this is a, one of the grand questions of Toxic Podcast, is anything toxic? This that's fucking insane. The like the 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 universe that they're creating where babies are product. It's just yeah, bring it back to Baby Corp, and then I'm not even they they do it, they do it. So first of all, oh, like okay, so they're gonna br- they they like bring it back to Baby Corp. Um, uh. The, the, the cat, the cat is a baby. They, they decide they can't fix the baby. They bring him back to Baby Corp and they replace him with Jimbo. And the mother comes home and a baby that's not her baby is in her crib. And he's like, I'm blah, blah, blah. And so, um, this is where I started to become a stickler for, uh, <laughs> this is where I start to become a stickler for like rules. Everyone knows I love rules. Um, and the rules of this reality feel like oobleck. I don't know if you're familiar with oobleck. That's this sort of soft, hard corn syrup and water substance that you made in like maybe science class in grade school. It's like oobleck is like you hold it in your hand and you like squeeze it and it's this like hard substance. And then you open your hand and as soon as nothing is applying pressure, when left to its own devices, the oobleck kind of like diffuses into like a liquid again. And that's what the rules of this reality are like, is there's all these like harsh lines that the babies need to abide by. But then whenever they don't need like, like, like these babies are supposedly it's their fucking day job. I'm not trying to tell you you're bad at your job, babies, but your, your job is putting out these baby fires. You couldn't have predicted that replacing a baby with a different baby isn't going to work. Don't they like that's in, that's ridiculous. That's that, and that maybe I'll go ahead and call that. Maybe I'll get out my big stamp, <laughs> my gigantic stamp that says "bad writing." Thank you. I received this for Christmas from the Screen Actors Guild. <laughs> Why didn't I say the Writers Guild? Um, so they have disliked. The parents are sort of they've like called the police, and meanwhile at Baby Corp, Timmy feels bad for Scooter because he's being given like the Ludovico treatment. Like they've got him, they've got Scooter, this bad baby, strapped into a fucking chair, and I think maybe I'm just adding local color, but like I think they've got his eyes strapped open with those things, and they're making him watch like Sheep and Happy Kids, and they're like, "You love being a good baby. You're a good baby." So Timmy. <clears throat> I think it's like a morals thing. He releases Scooter. Scooter terrorizes Baby Corp. Everything is chaos. Um, <clears throat> the Timmy returns Scooter to his neighborhood. And um, <clears throat> at this point, the mother has called the police. And like the whole neighborhood has gathered. And everyone is like screaming. And there's chaos. And baby love is plummeting. And um, there's... Um, Oh, I, again, again, I, I say this. I just like, it's worth watching some of the show for the jokes. Like, there's a lot of funny jokes in this show. I'm very sorry. Um, <clears throat> but eventually, um, 
this great crowd is gathered outside the house where the baby has been replaced. Jimbo, the baby is like inside. Uh, <clears throat> and he like, doesn't understand why everyone's so scared of him. He just wants to be loved. And finally, Timmy returns scooter to his neighborhood and the like Stacy and the boss baby are like, Oh no, this is a disaster. Baby love is cratering. This is going to go critical. Oh no, they're all going to get cats. <clears throat> and they all see scooter and scooter's parents pick him up and they love him so much that suddenly everyone sees him the way that the parents see him. And Timmy says to the boss baby, like, hey, like, that's what really needed to happen is all those other people, they couldn't see the difficult, they could only see the difficult things about Scooter, but they couldn't see him the way that his parents saw him. They couldn't see that he was truly an adorable and lovely baby. And that's, for, I mean, first of all, that's bullshit, but it's the, it. It fulfills the circle of the pilot episode. The baby has learned a lesson. Timmy has been sort of vindicated. The conflict has been resolved. Everything is okay. They get back to their parents' house, I guess, in, in time or whatever. Um, and it looks like Timmy taught the boss baby a thing or two about business. So that is the pilot of boss baby. Wow. I have... <laughs> I've been talking a lot, haven't I? Uh, let's, let's do episode two of boss baby. Episode 2 of Boss Baby. Boss Baby! <clears throat> At the beginning, the baby is not uh, wearing his suit. The beginning of this episode, he's wearing a diaper. He's playing with the parents, and they're giving him raspberries. They're playing a, they're playing a game called, like, Get That Baby! And, um... <clears throat> The baby, like, runs through the house, and the older people chase him, and then when they catch him, they give him a raspberry. And the the the, the Timmy's like, I'm gonna g- grab you and give you a raspberry, and the baby's like, when I let them do it, it's uh, because I let them. I allow them to do it. It's a choice. It amuses me. Timmy, I would never let you do that. Um, and then Timmy, well, so then the, the weird, the opening scene of this is this raspberry game. And uh, the baby sort of, like, lets himself go in for, like, the sensuality of the the raspberries. Like, there's, there, I'm sorry. I know that I said this about Boss Baby back in business. I'm not trying to bang this hammer. I'm not bang this drum. I'm not trying to be a creep. But there is, <clears throat> there's just a weird, unavoidable weirdness about this adult-voiced baby, almost nude, being like given belly raspberries and and you know like because he like has to make all these like pleasure noises he's like oh one only one more i'm sorry it's fucking weird you could have made like I, <clears throat> I i don't know what the animation team was but like across both boss baby properties you could have done this less weird <laughs> that's what i'll say Boss Baby Back in Business, very funny show. Very funny. I wrote it in my notes. I don't remember what the uh, what the joke was. Um, oh, oh my God. So there's this character named Magnus. Magnus is the assistant for the Megafat CEO Baby. So the Megafat CEO Baby, he's got this German accent. And Magnus also has a German accent. And he is one of these, there's a lot of like these characters or cartoons. He's like, he has, he doesn't regulate his voice. He's like, the Megafox CEO baby is now presiding over the meeting! Um, and he kind of acts as like a giant megaphone or announcer for the mega fat CEO baby. So the boss baby has made himself late for work playing this tummy game, this raspberry game. And finally he rushes to work with Timmy and the mega fat CEO baby does this bit where like there's a crisis at work and the boss baby's like, what's the crisis? And the mega fat CEO baby does this bit where he's like, I'm going to tell you what's wrong in a freestyle. And he puts on a beat. And then I believe uh, Magnus just screams over the beat. Very, very funny. So it seems as though they have intercepted. And an- oh, yes. Yeah. They have intercepted weird animal chatter. Like they put on this beat and the beat's like. And Magnus is like, we have intercepted weird animal chatter. Um <clears throat> Oh my god, oh my god. He's about to have two of my favorite lines of his. So they've intercepted weird meowing. They've intercepted this, like, monotonous, droning, terrifying meowing. The chatter of kittens. 
and they like put the meowing into a translator and everyone across baby corp is like horrified by this meowing and they translate it and all the kittens are going Bootsy Calico, Bootsy Calico, Bootsy Calico. So it seems as though, you know, in the same way that the villain of season one of Boss Baby was, or rather in the villain of the Boss Baby movie was puppies, the villain of Boss Baby season one is kittens. Um, and so they, they, Boss Baby is given the assignment to like get to the bottom of this. Who is Bootsy Caligo? What is his plan? And he's again given another ultimatum that he's going to get fired because he's been, he's been lazy. He missed the thing. And, uh, Mega Fat CEO Baby is like, I'm going to fire you. And then, <laughs> and then Magnus says, he just goes, your funeral arrangement will be leaves and pine cones. And Timmy goes, why does you why do you talk so loud? And he goes, I lost my inside voice in an accident. That is hilarious. So, back at home, the main crew of babies are having a meeting to figure out the identity of Bootsy Calico when suddenly a stray cat shows up at the door, and the parents love it. And it's they're like this like tiny little kitten. It's adorable, and it's got it says something on its collar. It looks like it's baby talk on its collar. And the translation of the baby talk, the boss baby's like, that cat's name is Bootsy Calico. And they're like, where did this kitten come from? And they're like, oh well, the vet gave it to us. And boss baby, for no reason, runs to the vet and yells vengeance and hits him with a bottle. Great bit. But so the baby attempts to unseat the kitten by being cute. Um, the, and Timmy is like, maybe this kitten's just a kitten. Maybe this kitten loves being a kitten and it, you don't have to hate it. But the boss baby is like, this kitten is, you know, trying to destroy me. It's trying to get me kicked out of the apartment. I've got to get it kicked out first. So <clears throat> the kitten seems kind of disinterested in the cuteness competition. But at every level, it matches or thwarts the baby. There's also, like, tons of very dense dialogue. The babies, like, are arguing about, like, strategy and shit. And Timmy keeps, like, Timmy keeps wanting to go to the parents. Like, he keeps being like, let's just tell the parents that the cat's bad. And this is where that thing where they told adults that Baby Corp existed and all they could do is be senators. So they, like, can't tell the adults about the baby world or the cat war that's going on. Now the cat starts... Like, the cat goes on the attack. It destroys, like, um, the the living room, and it frames Timmy. And, uh, you know, like, the baby and Timmy end up getting kind of kicked out. And the baby has made this agreement with the cat that the first one kicked out of the house has to stay out forever. And so it's like, you won, cat, you won. But then it tricks the cat into going onto the carpet, and the other babies sort of throw it outside. <clears throat> and uh, the boss baby's like, looks like I won fair and square. And the cat is like, like it kind of communicates that like it's lost and um the baby goes to shake the cat's paw and then the antenna flies off the house and almost kills the baby and the cat's like and they realize that the cat is not playing by any rules the idea of the boss baby universe is that like puppies at least have decency but like kittens are fucking monsters they have their their um so the, the cat is a murderer. The cat's trying to kill them now. Um, <laughs> eventually, like, the, the boss baby is, like, kind of losing his mind and being obsessed. And finally, Timmy snaps. I don't really remember what happens with this. But, like, Timmy snaps and yells at the baby. And the baby, like, uh, oh, Timmy's like, you don't have to do this. You, it doesn't have to be like this. We can tell the parents. I'm going to tell the parents. And uh, I'm, there's nothing you can do about it. Fuck you. And the baby's goons beat up Timmy and handcuff him to a bench. And this show, like, I realize that I've been saying a lot of plot that, like, isn't, like, isn't super entertaining. But, like, this is genuinely a difficult show to follow at times. Like, it's so dense. Um, they also very clearly have a list of stuff from every movie. Um That they, like, wanted to make sure got into every episode. Uh Like... Or, or sorry, not every movie. They have a list of stuff from the Boss Baby movie that was like really successful that they want to make sure gets into every episode. Baby negotiations, babies uh, not being able to understand certain things. Uh, that's dumb. I can't believe that's one of my things. But like uh, a, a cool action sequence where the babies are running or they're on uh, wheelies or something. Um, it's just it's just a very well done show for what it is. <clears throat> um. They all end up in the basement, 
and the baby, like, every, so everyone starts fighting. The baby and the cat are fighting. Timmy, like, loses his mind. He starts dragging the bench around the backyard trying to help. Timmy and the bench and the baby and the cat all end up in the basement. And the cat is going to kill them when the parents come down. And they see, well, that the cat has scratched the baby. And so now, uh, oh, my God. And this is, like, that great improv line, that, like, Gethard and Pat May-style improv thing, where Timmy's like, the cat scratched the baby! And uh, he also um, handcuffed me to this couch and brought it downstairs. Um, So once they get a good look at the cat's collar, the babies realize that it was a misreading of the baby talk. The calico, the calico, or, or rather the collar, it doesn't say that the cat's name is Bootsy Calico. It says a gift from Bootsy Calico. Bootsy Calico was actually the name of the vet who gave the baby, who, or rather who gave the kitten to the baby's family. And they go to the vet's house and they play this video message by Bootsy Calico. And Bootsy Calico, um, he's very similar to the villain from Puppy Co. But he is egregiously a gay villain stereotype. Um, And I think there... I might have not mentioned this in... how do I want to, because this isn't, so the, the villain of Boss Baby, the, the first Boss Baby, the, or, or villains in a lot of children's TV shows have mannerisms that you uh, may find stereotypically uh, attributed to gay men. Uh, James Adomian has a really, really great bit uh, about gay villains and about how so many villains all throughout popular culture, like the Sheriff of Nottingham and Robin Hood properties and like, you know, like, um, Disney villains a lot of time, like, um, and, uh, even the like Transformers villains, they all have, uh, speech patterns and mannerisms that are sort of undeniably cued to be to, to to sort of make them and and they then insulate themselves from this accusation by being like well this is a children's property They're, these are characters that don't have sexuality I, I i mean but what happens is when gay men are predators and villains in these things like when popular culture makes these stereotypes and maybe doesn't say these are gay men but gives you all these like weird offensive stereotype signatures it seems it feels like it fits into greater structural architecture in culture about um about gay and lgbtq people people who um are not heterosexual being villainized and being made to seem as though they are dangerous predators or people to be wary of. Um, I don't, I don't know if maybe I'm like making too big of this, maybe making too much of this. I don't I don't really feel like I am. I feel like shit like this really needed to go away. And it's, it's for a show that is this smart in so many ways to have a character have these mannerisms, to have a character talk like this and be so overtly a gay villain stereotype, it's just really, really disappointing. And obviously, the movie Boss Baby, I don't think I talked about that. I don't think I mentioned this, not necessarily because I was trying to avoid to, but just because there's a ton of shit in these movies that it's hard to get to. But like, there is a scene in Boss Baby where this like big bodyguard figure puts on a dress and a, a gray wig and pretends to be a nanny. And there's a lot of not, <clears throat> there's a lot of pretty harmful stuff uh, done with that, I think. So it's. it just sucks to see that. It just sucks to see these jokes in children's properties. It sucks to see jokes like this anywhere. It sucks to see portrayals like this anywhere. But in children's properties where you're you're sort of trying to – you're like, you know, you're cueing your viewers how to navigate the world. This shit needs to not be happening. Um, but so in any case, Boots, Bootsy Calico is this villain. He has been raised by cats. He's covered in kittens. There is like a good, there is a decent bit. I mean, I I like cats, but like there's this bit where he's trying to deliver his like evil villain monologue, but every third word he goes, ow, 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 because all the cats won't stop scratching him. Sure. But basically the end of season, uh, the end of episode two of season one of Boss Baby Back in Business, bababib, is Bootsy Calico's identity is revealed. And he says, I, you know, he was raised by cats. He's a cat man and he's coming for all the world's love. 
And it's like, dun, dun, dun. And um, <clears throat> so at this point, uh, let me just, because I, I took notes. I've watched at this point. <laughs> Everything's going great over at Kalini Corp. And I have watched five episodes of the Boss Baby TV show. Uh, I took notes for three of them. Um, and I, I have notes for a third Boss Baby episode, but I have been talking for almost an hour. Um, let me just, so in the third episode, I, I like the, the season arc of Boss Baby Back in Business, from what I can gather, is going to be a very similar war against kittens and sort of kitten infiltration. Like Bootsy Caligo has like a greater overarching plan. And I know this because in the last episode that I, or in the last, this, this episode that I took notes on, it's like family fun night and they all go out to a restaurant and then they realize that it's Bootsy Calico's cat themed restaurant where everyone has to like lap their water out of a bowl and all of the food is named cat puns and stuff. Um, there's, a great fish joke. There's a great fish joke. Yeah, there's some there's some good jokes. There's this is like there. I think I mean this is this is uh, I think this is pretty much what I said at the at the beginning is that like this is a very 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 uh, well done show in all ways except for the fact that it has this glaring gay villain stereotype and um, that. And, and and you know I maybe that goes with the politics of this like maybe there's. I don't, I don't know. I can't, I obviously, I can't like see into people's minds at this point. Um, but what do I want to, what do I want to do at this point? What do I want to, what do I, is it, so, so <sighs> boss baby. I, I, cause I've been liking, <laughs> well, first of all, first of all, I, I don't even give a shit. Let's <laughs> yeah, we're going to. We're going to listen to the entire Boss Baby song. It's two minutes long, guys. And while while this happens, I'm going to try to figure out what I'm going to do. You know what else is interesting about this song, too? Is that, like, the Boss Baby is not in control. Like, in the movie... Like, the, the, the mechanics of the film are, like, a Boss Baby kind of being brought out of his, like sphere of comfort and control but in this show he's like oftentimes not really i don't know it's just like this this song makes it imply that he's like the boss boss baby boss boss baby boss boss and that like nothing phases him but if anything he's constantly freaking out about shit i shake i go to battle i throw a big fit i shake my rattle oh god Don't worry, guys. The song's halfway done. <laughs> oh, my God. I wonder who made this song. <clears throat> Let me think. Okay, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. Fiduciary. Oh, my God. Boss, baby. So here's what we're going to do. I am... Wait a second. Oh my god, hang on. I actually do want to play the little break. No, I don't want YouTube red. It's just like a, like a little breakdown. Maybe do some baby scratching. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> oh god. I was like I re- I was like I need a really good one. I need a really good one. To get me back into that, to give me, ugh, all right. Um, so here's here's my uh, my final my final uh, what I'm gonna do. I am trying to take over the world with cat love. I see because here's the thing that these that, and that's and it's this the problem with the whole show is that there's no fucking. That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. That is not what I mean. Don't take me out of context with that. What I mean. <laughs> Is that this universe implies, like, the babies are constantly like, oh my god, if this baby is bad, no one will like babies, and then no one will have babies. But guys, people are gonna have babies. Like, people are gonna have babies because, one, people like to have sex, and like, you know, uh, first of all, there's that. 
<laughs> there's there's that whole shebang. But then people are also I don't know, this is not a kind thing to say, but just like people are just narcissists, you know, like a lot of people are fucking, you know, the, the the idea of having a child is not like, oh, kids are great. It's like, I want a little self to poison, you know? <laughs> That's the end of my boss baby episode. I honestly, I wish I had a boss baby. I do. I would do really well <laughs> with a baby in a suit who changes itself and hates me. <laughs> Oh, God. So unpackable. So unpackable. You're all my children. Well, you're all my children. You're all my boss babies. That's what you're all. I. You're not my therapists. You're not my children. You're not my family. You're my boss babies. You were sent from Baby Corp to, um, uh, uh, <laughs> to, 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 to do your business, to go to battle, to throw a big fit, to shake your rattle, to get your agent on the line and tell him stop acting like it's nappy time. Well, I guess, I guess, um, oh, I'm going to be doing a True Blood episode. I don't know if that's going to be next week, but I'm doing a True Blood episode. I'm going to, this is 2019. I, I <laughs> this podcast is only going to get better. <laughs> 2019. Here are some goals for 2019. We're going to do a, a True Blood episode. I'm going to talk to you guys. I swear. I'm going to read Atlas Shrugged. We're going to do a fucking Atlas Shrugged episode. I don't, it doesn't sound like that was fun in the world. Um, we'll probably talk about some more superhero properties, uh, you know, at the very least. Um, Aerosmith, Aerosmith are the greatest sketch comedy group of all time. As soon as I can wrap my great steel jaws around their discography, I will bring it to you and drop it at your feet like an obedient pet. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm your dog. Cat. <laughs> 